As you all know, we're celebrating our uh, nation's independence this weekend, and uh, what a wonderful holiday. It's a great time. It's our nation's, what, 240th birthday, and we're celebrating that. But we're also celebrating, as you all know, the freedom, the freedom that uh, we have in America. Some of you don't know, I served in the Army, and uh, many years ago, I was stationed at a place called Fort Benjamin Harris, Indiana. I was an instructor. And I worked with a group of uh, men and women, and I heard uh, that some of them served on what's called an extra detail, an extra duty, and they served on what's called the firing battery. And the firing battery was a group of people uh, who uh, fired cannons during the big celebration on base for the 4th of July. They would line these cannons up, and, and uh, they would also have the Army band there, and uh, they have a band leader out front, and there would be thousands of people there just celebrating the 4th of July. And uh, there would be a time when uh, they would bring out, again, the Army band. The band master would stand there, and he would lead his band or the orchestra leader. And every, thousands of people just around in the stands just listening to this, this music and this celebration. And I was caught up in it. I wanted to be a part of that, so I volunteered for this battery. And so this one year, I got to be on that team and, uh, and I'll never forget, you know, standing there with a cannon, you know, with a lanyard and a guy that's going to just push ammo up in there. And we pull these lanyards and this cannon with fire. And the song, and I'm not much, I don't know a whole lot about music, but I think it's Beethoven's Fifth. And uh, the bandmaster would stand there and the song would go, and they have the cannons, like seven cannons, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And the bandmaster, and would, the music would go, Dun, 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 and the bandmaster would go, boom, and he'd point to your cannon, and you pull that lanyard, boom, and a big flame would fly out of that cannon. And it was, you know, the twilight was coming. It was almost night. It was quite a little dark. And you could see all this was happening. And I'll never forget this one particular, the one we did, this one Fourth of July. The music was going, and I'm not much for music, as you can tell. Dun, 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 dun. Boom, dun, dun, boom, dun, dun, boom. And all these cannons, and I pull mine. And then once all the cannons are fired, we look up into the sky. And what was there? Should be some music. Should be a song. No fire. Well, when we did it, it fired. It fired. There was cannon fire. Anyway, I guess there's no cannon fire today. But we look up in the sky, there'll be cannon fire. Or excuse me, the, the, the fireworks just all day long, all night long, just fire. Boom, 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 boom. And I'll never forget standing there as a young, young man thinking or just, just having this sense of freedom. Up until that point in my life, I had never experienced in my heart such freedom when I heard that cannon fire or that fire go off and all these people just applauding and, and celebrating what had happened in America. It's really touching. Some of you may sense that during the Olympics when the flag goes up. Different moments, you, you hear that and you just, wow, this is really amazing what's happened here in, in our country. 
And then you think about, like Pastor Larry or uh, Danny said today, freedom's not free. It's not free. For those of you who are young, you may not know what I'm talking about, but you, you do. You know about Afghanistan and, and Iraq and the things that are going on today with people losing their lives. Well, just for us to be able to sit here today is costly. And it's cost men and women throughout the ages their lives. It's cost parents grief and suffering. And it's cost children of those who have gone on to give their lives children suffering and, and losing a parent. It's not free. But up until that day, up until then, I had uh, never uh, felt freedom until I realized what Jesus had done for me. I had a new sense of freedom as well when I realized that Jesus, he came to set us free. He sets us free from sin and darkness and death, damnation, and uh, eternal uh, destruction. Jesus came to set us free. Uh, There was a a preacher, he went to a, uh, he was on a park bench one day, and he saw another guy sitting over at another bench drinking wine. And so the preacher went over to him and uh, sat down and said, hey, you know, uh, Jesus can set you free from that wine. And that guy drinking the wine and looked at him with a big old smile. He says, I know. He already set me free from crack cocaine. And I know he's going to set me free from this little wine right here. And some of us here today, you know and you've experienced that Jesus has set you free from some things already. Maybe lying, cheating, stealing. Uh, who knows? Whatever. You, only you know, maybe know. But there's some other things in our life that uh, Jesus has set us free from, and uh, the issue is we just don't know it yet. And that's what I want to share with you, some things that Jesus has also, he set us free from. You have your hand out there. Jesus has set us free from guilt. Jesus has set us free from guilt. See, there are times when, when many of us, we walk around and we live our lives and we we're actually carrying old baggage, things from the past. Maybe it's a, a failed marriage. Maybe it's a, a trouble in your parenting skills or your relationship with your children. Maybe uh, you're feeling guilty about uh, you've hurt somebody in the past or maybe family or friends on the job. Maybe you haven't succeeded there. But I want you to know that the Lord has come to set us free from that guilt. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, 15, 56 through 57. 56 through 57. It says, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is in the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's come to set you free from, from, from that feeling of, of failure that, that you've had in your life, that baggage that you've been carrying all of your life. He's, he's actually set you free. See, some of us, you want to soar like an eagle. Anybody here want to soar like an eagle in your life, in your marriage, in your finances, in your job, in all of your life? You want to soar, and you know you could do more. 
But maybe there's something like a ball and chain that's holding you down. And maybe that's that guilt. And it's, and it's referred to also as false guilt. You can move on past. Some of us are carrying things that we feel guilty over when there's no reason to feel guilty about it. But I want you to know that he's come, Jesus come, has come to set us free from that guilt. Freedom is found in forgiveness. See, maybe you're carrying that guilt around, but God has already, he's forgiven you for that. He set you free from that. Freedom is not found in a bottle. Freedom is not found in drugs. Freedom is not found in gambling or pornography or sex or anything like that. Freedom is found in forgiveness, and that forgiveness comes from Christ. Let's turn to Ephesians 1 through 7. Excuse me, chapter 1, verse 7 of Ephesians. Chapter 1, verse 7, it says, In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sin in accordance with the forgiveness, the forgiveness of sin in accordance with the riches of God's grace. See, God bestows his grace. That's something we can't earn. That's just something he gives to us. We have forgiveness. It's part of our salvation package. And God has forgiven you. Whatever it is that's holding you down, that's keeping you back, I want you to know you've been forgiven if you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart. You can, some people have seen an example of that, find a cross and put something, whatever that is that's holding you down, write it on a sticky and nail that to the bottom of the cross because you've been forgiven if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. What I want you to do now is turn to the table, your table. What are some common things that people feel guilty about, and how does that impact their lives? Let's talk to each other about that. What are some things people feel guilty about, and how does that impact our lives? Let's give that a few minutes. Okay, let's, let's go on to the next one. I could tell you all really uh, got into that subject. Some laughing about it, some crying about it, right? It's okay. Uh, some of the things I heard was uh, as parents, you know, as parents, we look back and, you know, sometimes we, uh, sometimes we say things to our kids that we regret, right? We feel, you know, wow, I wish I hadn't have said that. And, and sometimes, uh, like even, you know, young kids, uh, you know, you've said some things to people. I heard one is I said something to a girl in the seventh grade, and, you know, we still carry that, right? Right, right. Man, and, uh, and sometimes some of us are working. You know, you're working trying to support your family, but you have this big workload that you have to do, but you have a family at home, and you feel guilty when you walk out going to work, knowing that your family's at home, and, and they need you and all those sort of things, right? And... Uh, any of you in here ever had a pet that maybe you didn't treat so good years ago and you wish you could go back and really treat that pet, that pet better? You know, all those things. So, uh, so look at each other. Look at each other around the table and just say, you're forgiven. <laughs> Doesn't that feel better? <laughs> and so uh, don't bring it up to yourself later, okay? Don't, don't keep 
harping on that thing that you made the mistake over that uh, is holding you, you know, guilty. Don't get caught into that. Okay, another thing that Jesus, he sets us free from, and that's from the consequences of sin. Let's turn to John chapter 19, verse 30. John 19 and 30. And I know you've heard uh, this many times, for those of you who are reading your Bible or been around the church for a while, John 19 and 30. Jesus, uh, he's on the cross, and uh, he says, when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it's finished, and with that, he bowed his head, and he gave up, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Uh, Jesus, he paid the price for our sins, so whatever it is you're feeling guilty about or or whatever it is you might have done without knowing uh, sin. We all, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all in here, uh, we've, we've sinned, either in word, thought, or deed, in our hearts. I met a guy once that said once he accepted Christ, he, never sin- he didn't sin since. And uh, he had a hard time, I'm telling you. Uh, and even before he accepted, we all, uh, and it's, sometimes it's hard for us to accept that we, we sin, like, we don't hear the word sin much in society anymore, do we? Uh, people try to avoid it, use a lot of euphemisms for, for the word sin. Uh, that's words that, like, uh, yeah, I did wrong, or I didn't mean to do that. No, a sin, we've sinned, and that's the bottom line. If it wasn't for sin, Jesus wouldn't have came here. If you put sin out of your life, you're basically saying there's no need for Jesus. But there is a need for Jesus, and he paid the price. Somebody asked the other day, says, why did God have to let Jesus die on the cross? Somebody, that sin had to be paid for. And Jesus paid it. But not only did he pay it, he paid it in full. So does that mean we don't have consequences to sin? Not entirely. What that means is, like, surely there's sin in our life. Like, say, uh, let's say you uh, don't pay your taxes. There's going to be a, guilt, a penalty for that. You're going to have to pay the consequences for not paying your taxes. If you, uh, you've cheated in your marriage and your spouse or a spouse wants a divorce or something like that or a separation, you know, those are consequences for sin. And those are natural sins that will just, they will, they'll be paid for. You're going to have to pay the prices for your sin. If you abuse your body, your body is going to fall apart. You know, there's consequences for abuse and for the, the sin in our life. We're going to pay those. If you go out and you drive your car and you get a ticket, you're going, to pay, you're going to have to pay that ticket. That's just, but when we're talking about Jesus, he spares us from the consequences of eternal sin and death. See, uh, because we've sinned, uh, we should be the one to have to pay the price. But because of Christ's vicarious death means that he was the substitute. He paid the price. He stepped in. He said, it is finished. If, no, if and and buts about it, it's done. It's a done deal. You don't have to run around here and beat yourself and feel guilty like, oh, I'm such a bad person. I shouldn't have did that. No, because when you do that, you're basically putting yourself, you're substituting. You're trying to say you're paying for it. You don't have to pay for it. You can live. You can soar. You can go on with your life. 
That's what Christ came for, that we can be all we can be in Jesus. So whatever's holding you back, your sin has been paid for. I want to encourage you. Learn to do what, you know, learn to be who Christ wants you to be. Go to life transformation seminars. Learn what your gifts are and soar on for Christ. Don't let that guilt hold you back. Don't let that, that consequence that you think you have to pay, don't let that stop you. It says right here, the consequences of sin is death. It says for, in Romans, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Eternal life doesn't mean it starts when we die. It started already. Your spirit is in heaven. We're connected. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Let us go on and be all that he created to be, us to be. So, what that means is also is that when we face judgment, we're all going to be judged. And when we face judgment, God doesn't look on us. He doesn't look at our sin. He, we're covered by the blood of Jesus when you stand before the Lord on judgment day. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many. He's going to lift you up. He's not going to put you down for what you've done. You've been covered by, again, the blood of Jesus. And because of that, we have so much to celebrate. Amen? Amen. This, this season, yes, we're celebrating freedom. We're celebrating freedom in America, our independence. But we as Christians, we, we have even more to celebrate. I heard Pastor Larry say the Christian community is the best place, best community to be a part of. When we leave here today, we need to go out and show the world how to really celebrate. I know we cheer for the Warriors and all the, all the other sports teams, but you know what? My dream someday is to see Christians celebrate even a greater response to a, a victory than what we see out there. I love the Warriors, even though I'm from Cleveland, right? <laughs> I love the Cleveland Cavaliers this year. I, could, I had to throw that in there. A lot of y'all don't know I'm from Cleveland. But, hey, we, we all collectively, we have something even greater to celebrate. So I want you to turn to your table and uh, talk to each other. You know what? We, again, we're talking about the consequences of sin. Jesus paid the price. Has anyone ever paid a major debt for you? And if so, share that and talk about how it made you feel, how, how that impacted your life. Jesus substituted. He paid the debt for us. Has anybody ever paid a debt for you? Talk about it. Okay, let's, let's go ahead and uh, surely we have something to celebrate. Yes, yes, praise God. Surely we have something to celebrate, amen? We have a lot to, lot to celebrate. Last but not least, Jesus has come to set us free from uh, accusation. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1, 22. Accusation. People make an accusing you. You know, the devil, he's known as the accuser. And he loves to accuse us of this and accuse us of that. Chapter 1 of Colossians 22. It says, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death, to present you holy in his sight without blemish 
and without accusation. See, uh, there are folks that uh, live life in fear that somebody's going to find out what you did and know about some things that you've done and point the finger at you and talk about you and say different things about you. Well, you don't have to be afraid of that anymore. The Bible says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Sure, there are people who live their lives in fear. Uh, the devil, he uses something called, uh, he plays what's called the tapes, the old tapes in your life, like you didn't do this, you didn't do that, you should have did this, you should have done that. You ever heard that in your head? And he'll play those tapes for you day after day, all day long, over and over and over. But you know what you have to do is cut those tapes off, right, and put on the helmet of salvation. Ask the Lord to protect your thinking. That's what the helmet of salvation will do for you, protect your thinking so that the devil, when he accuses you, you can just cut him off. Just cut him off. <laughs> I didn't know that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, some of you, you hear, hear, me, hear this, hear this, because we deal with this all day long, don't we? The devil constantly, see, the devil, he left Jesus for a season. That means he stayed away until an opportune moment. Some of us, we give him, there's a lot of opportunities come up in our lives day after day, hour after hour, minute after minute. He's around. The devil's. the Bible says he's like a roaring lion seeking those whom he may devour, and he's trying to accuse you. And sometimes it isn't even him accusing you. It's a, we accuse ourselves, feeling guilty and all this going on and thinking bad about myself, and I'm not worthy. You are worthy only because of the grace of God. Don't let the devil trick you. He wants to trick you into just laying down and doing nothing or staying in that same old pot. You know, uh, they had this saying called, come out and get out of the box. Let's get out of the box. The devil wants to tell you that you need to stay in the box because you did this and you'll always be that. And that's as far as you're going to go in life. Well, that's a lie. That's a lie from the devil. Some of you aspire to do great things. I know people in here, and I've seen, talk to some of your kids, and I meet people on the street. I mean, it's almost like every day I meet a young kid who wants to be a doctor. Or I met a kid who wants to want to be an astronaut. Hey, go ahead. Go ahead and be an astronaut. I had a guy, I knew a guy that was an alcoholic. And I says, hey, man, you, why are you an alcoholic? He, said, he says, I got it honest. My dad was an alcoholic. I say, well, you don't have to be an alcoholic just because your dad was an alcoholic. That's an accusation against him. The devil trying to tell him he couldn't do more. Well, we can do more. I tell you what, uh, this is kind of a crazy story, but when I was a kid, I had a friend named Tommy. And we was about five years old, and I had a dog. And uh, so uh, me and Tommy decided at the age of five, we was going to give my dog a shot. Because everybody got shots, right? You know, kids, we had our shot look, in our arm. So we're going to give my dog a shot. So we went down Tommy's basement to give the dog a shot. So we, we said, How, what are we going to shoot him with? And so we found a rusty nail. We said, we're going to give the dog a shot with the rusty nail. We didn't think much about it being rusty. It was just a nail to us. And so I won't, I don't, I won't go any further right there. So 10 years later, we're now, no, no. We're in our 20s now. We and Tommy got lost about the age of 12. He moved away. But I was seen throughout the years in the neighborhood or 
across town or downtown somewhere. So we're there in our 20s. And the first thing we say to each other, Tommy, I said, Tommy, remember when you gave that dog that shot? Tommy said, Vance, it was you who gave the dog the shot. <laughs> so we let it go, right? So we let it go. So now it's 10 years later. We're in our 30s. I see him somewhere else in the neighborhood, downtown somewhere. Tommy, hey, Vance. Hey, Tommy, remember when you gave that dog that shot? <laughs> right? He said, Vance, it was you who gave that dog that shot. I said, no, Tommy, it was you. He said, it was you, Vance. So now we're in our 40s, and the same thing happened again in our 40s. So he called me one day. Now we're in our 50s. He said, Vance, I'm going to be up in San Francisco for a day or two. Come on, meet me, man. Let's do the city. I said, okay. So I go over. I meet him in the hotel with him and his wife are saying, Tommy, Vance, remember you gave that dog that shot? <laughs> and you know what? I freaked Tommy out. I said, Tommy, you know what? That happened so long ago, man. I don't know who gave the dog the shot. <laughs> I said, I don't even know if we really gave the dog the shot. It's just something we was talking about. And Tommy's like, okay. Okay. So we hung out that day, went to all the little spots in San Francisco, showed him around, all that sort of thing. And at the end of the day, I was dropping Tommy off. Tommy said, Vance, uh, I want what you got. He said, there's some things I need to leave behind. And uh, you showed me that you know how to do that. I said, Tommy, I got Jesus. That's all it is, man. You need, I, I got Jesus. And you can have Jesus, too. And so I talked to him about Jesus. There's some accusations in your life you need to leave behind, right? Somebody said, let it go. Let it go. There's a song, let it go, right? <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Take a few minutes, turn to your table, and uh, talk about, tell a story when somebody held something over your head as a child, as a child. Okay, all right. How you like that? Praise God. We're free. We're free. We're free. We're free. You know, uh, some people said that when they thought about it, they couldn't remember that far back about who might have held something over them as a kid. So they think about it as adult. Because even as adults, people kind of get to where they think they hold something over your head. Clean that thing up. Clear it up. Because uh, Jesus has come. Oops. He's come to set us free. You know, Jesus was talking to the religious leaders, and he told them, he says, you all are slaves. And they said, we're Abraham's kids. We've never been slaves. Real proud, like, we've never been slaves. And Jesus said, oh, no, oh, no, you're a slave to sin. You're a slave to sin. And sometimes uh, there are many people, maybe in this room or outside of this room, people think, oh, I've never been a slave. I've never been a slave. I, I don't know what that's like. That's below me. That's beneath me. I'm better than that. I come from a great family. I live on the right side of the tracks. I got money in my... I know a guy who said he didn't need nobody because he had all the money he needed. I'm not a slave. Jesus said, no, no, you're a slave. 
you're a slave to sin. But for those of us, amen to this. Somebody said a minute ago, praise God, praise God. For those of us that's been born again, those of us that believe in Christ, if you have never accepted him as your Savior, I want to encourage you, come running today saying, how can I get some of this? How can I be free? you have a home in heaven just waiting on you. This one song I used to love, and it comes out, you know, we know that our, our history in America, we've had slaves, and uh, it's plagued our nation, and it's still holding us back in some ways even today. But when the slaves, through the civil rights and Martin Luther King, they came up with a, and from history, they have an old African-American uh, hymn, African-American spiritual, and they say, and once that, that era came to an end, they, you hear people saying, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. I want you to feel that. I want you to sense that. I want you, let's experience that in our hearts today. Let's say that. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty. I am free at last. You are free at last. Amen. Joe. All right. Thank you. I enjoy being with you.